here's the thing. This week, uh, I was at a birthday party for my niece, and my dad said, John, I got, he still gets the, he gets the Stones River emails. He says, how many sermons are y'all going to have on fasting and prayer? Like, I'm already, I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of seeing emails about it. He was just messing with me. Um, and he's not here to defend himself, so I can just talk about my dad all day long because of that. He just turned 70 years old. How about that, huh? Yay! Pretty awesome. Um, here's the thing. We're going to keep talking. I want to keep sharing about this. I know that this might get a little monotonous. I don't want to beat a dead horse. For those who haven't been here for the last, how long has it been, Greg? Month, two months? We've been talking about prayer and prayer and fasting as a church um, to prepare us for mission, for what God has for Stones River. And so I, here's the thing. How, when was the last time you heard an amazing sermon and it really changed your entire life? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Jeez. Jeez. That was a good one, Greg. That wasn't bad. For those who don't know, Greg preached last week. Obviously, that's the joke. I thought it was, no, I was kidding. It was really good. It was great, actually. <clears throat> um, I thought about that this week, and yes, far, occasionally I've heard a sermon that's just changed me forever, but usually I forget about it by the time next Sunday rolls around. I mean, anybody else? Let's just be real. Like, maybe you're, like, super jacked, and, like, Monday and Tuesday you're doing something with it, but by the time the week, next week rolls around, you're like, what did we talk about? Who was preaching last week? Um, That's why we're doing this, because we want to see sustained, true life change. And so that takes place of us talking about things, wrestling with things as a community for a number of weeks. And we think it's, I think it's vitally important. I think prayer and fasting is an area that in the church, uh, at least in America, we're predominantly pretty weak at. In fact, it's been awesome to hear people come to me saying, I've never fasted before. Thank you for, for talking about fasting. I'm starting to pray more. Look, Bonnie, like I didn't ask her to say that. She sent me a text and said, can I share something? Like amazing, right? That's incredible. Like, I mean, she could, have, she could be on her phone playing Candy Crush, and instead, she's walking around schools and praying for the schools, right? Nothing wrong with playing some games on your phone a little bit. But it's co- so cool. It's so cool. So what we're going to do this week, we did this two weeks ago. And so sometimes when I ask for participation, some of you go, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Maybe not quite that enthusiastically. But others, some of you are like, oh, Lord, Jesus, aren't you just supposed to preach, Sean? So that I... Now, whenever I ask for participation, I don't make anybody. So no one get nervous about that. I'm not one of those teachers that points people out. Maybe Jared Wilson occasionally just to mess with him over there. But uh, four, t- two weeks ago, we looked at four passages, I believe, in the Old Testament that had to do with fasting. And I told you when I teach again, when I share again, I'd like to do that again with some passages in the New Testament. So I want to do that this morning. I have four passages. And we're going to wrestle with it as a community. Because guess what? We're a community. Yes, come on. Let's go, man. This isn't just about me. If you're new to Stones River, a lot of people talk here. Uh, it's just the way we, that's the way we roll with things, as you can pro- probably tell. I'm going to read Luke chapter 4, verse 1, and I want to I ask two questions. Um, what is this showing us about prayer and fasting, and how can we apply it to our lives? Super simple, okay? Like practically, seriously, actually like live it out. Like how can we live this thing out? I'm going to start with um, Jesus' temptation in the wilderness Jesus has just been baptized, so you know, the Holy Spirit's descend upon him. He's heard the Father speak. And then it says in Luke 
chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus left the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those, de- those days, and when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Then he tempts him with a couple more temptations, all right? And I do want to read verse 14. Um, actually, I'll go with 12. So he gives the, these temptations to Jesus. Then it says, in Jesus, and, all right, I'm sorry, verse 13. After the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time or looking for a, a particular time, opportune time, I believe some translations say. Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity. He was teaching in their synagogues, being praised by everyone. Matthew talks about that and not only talks about the teaching in the synagogue, says he casted out demons, he healed all who were sick, all that kind of stuff. So this is what happened after he comes out of this temptation in the wilderness. So, let's ask this question. Don't be afraid. What does this share? What does this show us about fasting? Because Jesus did not eat. And you know he was praying. I'm sure Jesus wasn't just sitting around the desert not talking to the Father for 40 days and 40 nights. What does this show us about prayer and fasting? And or, like, what does this mean for like, me practically? Or you, Larissa, practically? Us as a community practically? Don't be shy. Ooh, I almost probably fed back really bad by putting that microphone next to that. David said it's intentional, right? The Spirit directed him out into the wilderness, and he intentionally did that. Yep. I think it provides strength because later on he's able to withstand the temptation that Jesus brought in, or uh, that Je- not Jesus, Satan. Satan, we know what you're talking about. That's true. Like that temptation in the wilderness, one of the ways that Jesus prepared for that was through that, that prayer and fasting, right? That yielding himself to God. What else? I want to just dance and stuff until people talk. You don't want that. David? Here, I'll just put you on the microphone because we want to get it recorded. Jesus stayed focused. Mm. It was constantly, it is written. It is written. And I know we've heard sermons about, you know, well, Jesus focused on the Word of God. Well, yes, he did, but that's where his focus began Mm. and he stayed focused with the fasting that's good so that prayer and fasting helped jesus to stay i'll just go boom 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 help jesus to stay focused this is going to be stating the obvious but he was hungry Mm -hmm. when you fast don't be surprised that you get hungry (laughs) (laughs) that's really good john (laughs) that's the practical teacher and that's and, and also, you might get hangry, which is hungry and angry. Oh, Deborah knows all about that. <laughs> I don't do. <laughs> uh, this kind of fasting requires that we are filled with the Spirit. Mm, amen. That's good. So this, this type of fasting required that he be filled with the Spirit because it says he was full of the Spirit before he drove out into the wilderness. And then, Brandon, you're next. I really like the word well, I don't like it, but wilderness, I feel mm. like 
I've been taught that wilderness is a place where I'm all alone. And he was led into the wilderness by the spirit. So sometimes we're called to a season That's true. of wilderness, but like, like he just said, full of the spirit. That's right. Who wants to sign up for a season of wilderness? Let's go. But hey, what did it happen at the end? Well, we can talk about that. Um, just to kind of piggyback on that, I was thinking, you know, this tells me that there is a strong connection between fasting and your connection with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, That's really good. I mean, Jesus, Jesus himself, you know, relied on the Holy Spirit when he went out to preach and to resist these temptations. So I think there's something there for us to, to learn. Good. good. There absolutely is a connection. So we've mentioned before that uh, in, in this story in particular, fasting is a preparation for mission. Mm-hmm. It's a preparation for kingdom work. Jesus is about to launch into a, a ministry. Um, but I think this story maybe highlights that that preparation through fasting entails a confrontation with the things that tempt us and would distract us and undermine our ministry. Um, I don't don't think these are just random sort of, here's some hard things (laughs) that you might have to deal with. I think they, they stand at the foundation of what the, what the kingdom ministry will be like. Yeah. And I wonder then for us in this time of prayer and fasting as Stones River, I wonder what the temptations that we need to confront are, what's surfacing as we fast together, and, and, and how then should we respond in order to launch into ministry in this new season? It's really good. That's right. That's great. Man, we're rolling today. Man, just had to prime the pump a little bit here, you know? At first, everyone's kind of like, what? So I want to piggyback off of what was, was said about the wilderness, and it got me to thinking about Exodus. You know, Jews came through or baptized through <clears throat> the separation of the sea yeah. and enter into the wilderness, right? Where they were provided for manna, although they grumbled and cried and moaned and groaned about it and wanting to return back to their enslavement. But here Jesus comes into the wilderness after right after being baptized and seeks after God's heart, withstanding mm. the temptation yep. and following him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chuck and then Seth. We only have to do two or three of these if we keep going today. That's good, though. When Jesus followed the Spirit's lead, he took away the power of the evil one. Mm. And he was able to go through the entire fasting period without falling to temptation. That's right. That's good. That Spirit's with the Holy Spirit's lead. Nathan just said the reason that everyone started going was because I danced up front and it helped everyone like get going. So, <laughs> true story. Uh, I was just thinking of fasting here, and it's almost like uh, ankle weights for a runner. Um, it's intentional suffering, so that you're gonna be tempted, but you can overcome that temptation by trusting in the Lord. And so this is almost like a, a micro version of what we will face in real life. Um, I was just kind of thinking about it's a, it's a training almost for what real life could bring. Thinking about that because me and Seth, we lift weights together. I don't know if you could tell. Probably not. That was the joke. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll on so we can keep, so we can keep going here. Um, the only things I want to mention in addition to this uh, was because most of the stuff that I was going to share is already hit on, um, but the 
Israel in the wilderness is a big piece. Um, we talked about, I guess it was last two weeks ago, how Moses went up on Sinai, and how long was he up on Sinai? For 40 days and 40 nights. The Israelites wandered in the desert for 40, day, uh, for 40 days, for 40 years. I bet they wish it was 40 days. Um, Jesus is identifying with the people of Israel. Kind of like I'm just thinking of, of Andrew and, and just talking about justice. And part of fasting, almost like uh, fasting is, is communal, in, like all the time, but when we see individuals fasting, almost always it's fasting um, with for with a people group, identifying yourself like Jeremiah did with the people group, right, with the people of God. So that's huge. So fasting isn't really about you. I mean, like there's benefit that it brings to you. There's benefit that it helps you in temptation. But like I agree, like for a long time I was taught that fasting was just about me and helping me in my own spiritual thing. But when we look through the scriptures, it's, it's all about the community of believers, right? The family of God, the, the nation of Israel, you know, and all this stuff. So we see that. And then when we see the church being birthed, it's about the church, the people of God. It's just beautiful. It's amazing. Um, another thing that I noticed was kind of interesting was that at the beginning, it says, and Jesus left the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit. And as he goes through this period of fasting, at the, in verse 14, it says he returned in the power of the Spirit. And I thought that that was really, really interesting because Jesus, remember, he breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He also told them, go wait, which is where this is going to segue into this next thing, for power from the Holy Spirit. So I see that there's an empowerment from Holy Spirit that we get as we fast and we pray and we drive away the, the evil one right, through, through um, overcoming the temptations that he throws. I thought Greg's point was really good, too, for us to, I think that's something we should really be thinking about. Um, what are the temptations? What are the t- cultural temptations? What are the temptations that we have? What are the things that the enemy wants to bring to us as we, as we fast <clears throat> and pray? All right, let's go to um, Acts chapter 1, verse 12. Just to segue over there, uh, Jesus has, is, has left and when we get, by the time we get to verse 12. Uh, but he did tell them, um, you know, many of us have read this a thousand times, but wait to be clothed with power from on high, right? The Holy Spirit's going to empower you to... So they, they've seen this resurrected Lord. They've walked with him. They've been disciples for a number of years. But he says, I, I need you to go wait. Go wait for power to do what? Because to be witnesses, right? Like they still needed a power to be witnesses, um, and so this is the birth. So we see Jesus's ministry, I put in quotes, birthed in prayer and fasting, right? Like that's the very, that's at the foundational pieces of him being baptized and all these things. This is the church. This is the birth of the church's mission. So Jesus in his mission being born was prayer and fasting. Now what happens to the church as the mission is being released that God has for them? It says in uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 12, this is after, again, he's told them to go wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. It says, then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, um, which is near Jerusalem. If, you can, if you're in Jerusalem, you can just see the Mount of Olives right there. And it's a, a, the base of it's got a bunch of dead people buried over there so they can, anyways, never mind, I'm not going to go there. But it's just right there, a Sabbath day journey away. When they arrived, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They were all continually united in prayer, along with the women, 
including Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. All right? So what does that show us? What does this show us about prayer and fasting and how we could live this out as a community? There we go, Bruce. Here, let me put you on the microphone so we can get it on the podcast uh, or what uh, people listen to it. And we, we need to hear your wisdom. And then uh, you had your hand raised. Greg, is that right? All right. Well, one is that, that as the community was, was doing this, is that it, it was part of their anticipation that they knew that God had called them into mm. something, but they didn't know what it would look like yet. Mm. But they it's were really convicted good. of the call, and so they, they set themselves apart because they said, we, we must be ready and, and, and able to hear what God's going to say to us when the time is right. And so they didn't push it, they didn't rush it, and they didn't make it up themselves. That's right. Instead, they committed themselves to backing up and waiting for God to make it clear to That's them. That's right. That's good. And as we sang it, we weigh upon the Lord. But the waiting for them was communing with God, praying and fasting and, and waiting, listening to what his direction was waiting for what he was going to do well and along the same line i think this coheres with the point that you were already making about empowerment right they're they're waiting specifically for the power of the holy spirit to come upon them um and so that w- the nature of that waiting is not just a sitting around mm-hmm. they're not they're not just chilling <laughs> uh going like well i guess god will do it when god wants to they're um I mean, the, the language of being constantly dedicated yeah. to prayer, like there's a seriousness of, in this waiting and, and an anticipation, but a participation through prayer, yeah. right? Love it. Love it. Right on. Anything else? It's communal. Yeah, that's good. And that was those you guys already just nailed all the points that I was gonna I was gonna bring up, um, but it was it was uh, it's just it is stark it is it just it's just it just it just makes me stand stand back and think a community gathered together, constantly devoted to prayer and to seeking God and like and that was their waiting on God. So as a community, what might we do as we as we think through. Because this is just a season where we're just we're sitting back and and asking God for for that Holy Spirit for that direction and that leading. Stones River's done so many incredible things over the years, seriously, amazing things, and we want to continue in listening to Holy Spirit and as a community. Um, so what, what what might that show us? Huh? We should be together in prayer, like it's, like it's like a, taking it seriously, right? That's what they did. They were constantly devoted to it. I think that's amazing. Um, there's also a patience that, it, that had to come with that. Because I thought about this. If I was one of the disciples, you've seen the resurrected Lord. Jesus didn't say, don't tell anyone. Like, you can't tell anyone. But there was like this patience of waiting for this empowerment for the Lord before it blasting out. Because I might have been like one of those guys. I was like, dude, I got to go tell everyone. Let's go. He said, wait, be patient. Give my power. You'll be more powerful. We've been talking about social justice. Let's mm. take special note of the fact that the women were included here. That's right. There you go. I almost said that. Would, would you have appreciated me saying that? Yes. 
Oh, oh Anna. Ooh, almost tripped right then. Um, going to the passage before, Jesus was praying and fasting and talking to God because, I mean, if you want to do what God wants to do and you don't ask him how to or when to, there's no connection with him. Mm -hmm. So fasting and praying as, um, as the body of Christ um, tells us what to do as a group. So if we are disconnected in asking in different parts and in different ways, we aren't connecting as a group to do what God wants, God wants us to do. Yeah. And I think fasting and praying is just another connection. And if we're connected together, then we can accomplish more than one person relying on something and one person doing something else. And it's just, yeah. it shows us how to be together. Super good. Amen. That's right. There's no, like, I learned this and then I fail on this. There's no cookie cutter way. Like we want to see our city change. There's no cookie cutter way to it. I wish there was, because it'd be easy, and I'd come up with a book, and everyone could do three steps to having your city come to know the Lord, and following Jesus, and seeing justice reign in our city. There's no cookie-cutter way. Like, I, man, so many of our teams, we're like constantly going, oh, Lord, what do we do next? And like, pray, and pray fast, seek God. Like, it's, and I love that it's not a cookie-cutter, because if it was cookie-cutter, then we wouldn't even have to have a relationship with God. Like, God loves relationship, and we've got, and we do this together. So good. All right, let me see what time it is real quick. We're going to be done by 11.30 for those who are, anyone getting antsy over there. Acts chapter 12. I've wanted to bring up this one because this shows the church in a practical, challenging situation and how the church as a body was handling this together. So Acts chapter 12, verse 1. About that time... Sorry, I lost my place already. King Herod violently attacked some of those who belonged to the church, and he executed James, John's brother, with a sword. Let me stop for a second, because sometimes you can just read past that. This is James, the son of thunder. This is the first apostle that got martyred right here. Boom. Right? James and John, sons of thunder. James is dead. He got killed by Herod. So following Jesus doesn't always mean unicorns and rainbows. Um, it's seriously, like he, he died because of this. When he saw, and he's talking about Herod, when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter too during the festival of unleavened bread. After the arrest, he put him in prison and assigned four squads of four soldiers each to guard him, intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. Here we go. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was praying fervently to God for him. All right? So we're seeing what's happening to Peter and James and the political leaders, and what the church is also doing to participate in what was happening to them, okay? I'm just going to real quick just bust through this story. I'm going to read this because I think it's just so powerful. <clears throat> when Herod was about to bring him out for trial, that very night, Peter, bound with two chains, was sleeping between two soldiers while the sentries in front of the door guarded the prison. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. Striking Peter on the side, he woke him up and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Get dressed, the angel told him, and put on your sandals. And he did. Wrap your cloak around you, he told him, and follow me. So he went out and followed, and he did not know what the angel 
<clears throat> did, excuse me, did not know what, that what the angel did was really happening, but he thought he was seeing a vision. After they passed the first and second guards, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened to them by itself. Then, excuse me, they went outside and passed one street, and suddenly the angel left him. Isn't that incredible? Now listen to what happens at the church, with the church. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's grasp and from all that the Jewish people expected. As soon as he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many had assembled and were praying. He knocked at the door of the outer gate, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer. Don't, Rhoda's forever known for this silly incident, huh? Would you love that? Would you like to be Rhoda? I love it. I think it's just cool. She recognized Peter's voice, and because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the outer gate. You're out of your mind, they told her. But yeah, that's right. That's a good point. John said it'd really be Rhoda than them. Yeah, didn't say that Rhoda was lo- totally lacking faith. <laughs> but she kept insisting that it was true, and they said, it's his angel. And then it goes on to say, Peter, however, kept on knocking, and when, <clears throat> when they opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. So what does this show us? There's at least a couple moments in there that it mentions the church praying and fasting, but what does it show us about the community of believers or praying, sorry. There you go. You can pray for something, and when you get it, you won't believe it. I think that is incredible, isn't it? Like, we read, I love how the Bible's so raw and so real. Because, like, it's so easy. But, oh, man, we had the faith in, you know, if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you know, Greg talked about, you know, all these things. But, like, these guys are like, well, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, it's his, it's his angel is another interesting, whole other topic that I'm not going to go on. But, like, they, they were they were, would have been believed more that Peter's angel had showed up than what they were actually praying for would have come true. Now, maybe they weren't praying for him to be released that night. Maybe they're hoping, oh, the next day, hopefully Herod will let him go, right? And God does this miraculous thing, and they're like, oh, my goodness. What else? John's got something. I want to get, we got to get it in the microphone. We got to get it on tape. God responds to their prayer. Yeah. If we don't pray, mm. why are we surprised that nothing happens? Wow, that's good. God actually responds to our prayer. <laughs> that's good. Uh, it said in the text that uh, when Peter was in prison, the church prayed uh, fervently. Yeah. Uh, I, just curious what that really meant. So I, I looked it up, and it said uh, the dictionary said passionately or enthusiastically. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we're just like putting somebody on a list to pray for them, but you know, we're not fervently praying, I think mm-hmm. that's a big difference. You know, we got to be passionate about that's good. what our prayers are. That's good. So it's not like we're just throwing up a flyer occasionally. Hey, God, I hope that you do something for this person. I mean, that would be nice. Anything else? Good, Brandon. You made me walk all the way back here, and then now I'm walking all the way back. I'm just kidding. You can, I can do that anytime. I'm getting exercise. I love the gifts that are presented here. Yeah. Like Mary's hospitality. They're meeting in her home. And then 
I just always love it when God appears to the least of these. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we don't want to listen to certain voices because we're like, he's not going to tell you. I mean, I'm sorry, but you know, sometimes I'm like, what? And, and so, but I love that. Yeah, I do too. That was one of the big things that I was, as I read through this again, was just seeing the church operate together. Like there are times whenever there are people on the front lines. Peter in this scenario was on the front line. And what is it? Does the church go, well, let Peter do his thing? No, the church is praying, right? We have hospitality being shown. We have the church getting together. And guess what? There may be a time where there would, was a time where John Mark or someone is on the front lines. What's happening then? Is the church getting together? Is Peter praying for him? I bet he probably was, right? There's those, mo- like, it's just, it's a beautiful piece to where the church isn't just going, well, we just bless you. We bless you, brother or sister. Like, it's, we're in this together, like, this is a thing, this is, we are, as we pray, like, we are part of what's taking place. Man, I think we get lied to by, or we just believe it's not that important or something. This is big time stuff. Greg has something because he had his, it's okay, I'm, I got to go all the way to the very back, so I didn't want to go back there, and then I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I think one of the things in, that's interesting about this story is sort of all of the collateral blessing. Mm. The things that they weren't praying for that God went ahead and did, right? Peter's own faith is affirmed. Yeah. He's like, he's a little bit out of sorts, doesn't know what's going on. And he says, now I know that the Lord yeah. is answering prayer. And there's this sense of he wasn't expecting it either. And, I, and, and why would you? You just saw James die. Yep. You, you know that's on the table. And so, and, and I'm guessing they probably were praying for James too. Yeah. You know? Sure. And... And then, and then, you know, the church's own faith gets real. They weren't praying, Lord, do something so that we will have more faith and more trust. Yeah. But that's what God does, right? Yeah. And there's all this. Stuff. And so one of the things that, like, excites me the most about praying together is we know what we're praying for, but what we don't know is all the stuff God is going to do mm. on top of that yeah. that we get to be surprised by. And I don't know. That's just exciting. That's amazing. To me. Yeah, it's really good. He's pretty, uh, pretty good God, huh? It's just an, yeah, man. All right, one more, and then we'll. It's probably about, probably about eleven thirty. I want to thank Brandon for his his thoughts and contribute to that. I would challenge you to look at your life, mm. to your prayers, and even keep a journal of answered prayers. Yeah, I've done that for a season, and. It just blows me away Yeah. when I look at it. When has God just gone through the motion? That's Read good. scriptures. When has God just gone through the motions? Mm. So, you know, sometimes we say, you know, I've, I've, I've preached that, you know, those who oppress others who are made in God's image are mocking their creator. If we just go through the motion, are we not mocking God? Mm. Should we also pray as God is working yeah. with that same type of purpose and intentionality? Yeah, that's good. So. Awesome. Thank you, David. Thank you. I love, too, that there's like a, a spontaneous, maybe, nature of the church. Like when something's going on, 
they get together. Like they're they're willing to. It's they didn't have to wait. They didn't say, well, let's wait for Sunday morning and we'll get together and pray. It was they didn't say, well, we have to. I mean, maybe I don't think so. We need to make sure Peter approves, so we need to get the pastor to approve this prayer meeting that we're doing right here. By the way, if you're not aware, uh, none of that going on here. <laughs> it's like seriously, like. I love that they're saying, hey, there's a problem, there's an issue, or there's something good. There's, we actually see, I'm not going to read it, but if you want to, I was going to do Acts chapter 13, uh, where it talks about them fasting and praying. And as they fast and pray, the Holy Spirit tells them to set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work that which he has called. So they, this is the community in Antioch, right? And so they are, the church is fasting and praying because they're on mission. They're on mission going, God, what are you wanting, what are you wanting us to do? Where, where are we to go next? The Holy Spirit tells them, and then when they receive it from the Holy Spirit, what do they do next? They fast and pray again. <laughs> they fast and pray, and they lay hands on, and they send them out. Um, so I think that that's huge. That's hugely important, hugely um, uh, just incredible, incredible. So let's do this uh, as we end. We've been taking a few moments uh, to listen to the voice of the Lord. I'm going to just time two minutes here. We're going to listen to God's voice. Um, feel free to listen. Feel free also to pray for our city, to pray for Mitchell Nielsen, if you want to, in this couple minutes here. Um, but, but we're going to do that, and then we're going we're gonna to end. So just a couple minutes here. The Lord they would like to share. You guys are coming. I'm here to encourage all the ladies to please, please be a prayer sister. Um, it it means such a lot. Um, I've been seeing the doctor for about six weeks, and. Uh, I didn't tell my family because I didn't want them to worry, but eventually I had to. And so we went to the doctor on Friday, and um, I got a diagnosis. And when I came home, I opened my first card from my secret sister. I don't know who it is, but it says, The same God who moves mountains and parts seas is watching over you, and there's nothing he can't do. Praying, he strengthens you and blesses you today and in the days ahead. I lo uh, love your sister. And I was diagnosed Friday with cancer. Hmm? Yeah, oh, yes. That's what I need. Yeah. For my family. Thank you. I should Father God, we lift up Louise yes, for Lord. healing right this morning Amen. in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We know uh, that that word cancer seems to uh, strike terror deep into us, just as deep as that tumor is. But Father, we know your power yes, Lord. is so much greater than anything that would come against us. Father, we Amen. rebuke this cancer Amen. in the name Amen. of Jesus. Jesus. And the evil one has no, no rights in this. Amen. We pray, Father, for her miraculous heal healing in the name of Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. May it be just gone. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, we pray that you watch over Louise and her family and uh, walk with them every day. Father, may we continue to lift her up in prayer. And we love you, Lord yes. Jesus. Amen. 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 Also want to encourage Lonnie and Louise here that uh, you've been there for your family for so many years, so many years. You've constantly cried out to us to pray for your family. It's okay. You have permission to ask for our prayers continually. It's okay to seek God for yourself and to, to have needs and let those needs be known. Lonnie, we pray for you because this will drain on you. And I know you'll be there as you always have been. And so we pray for your marriage to continue to grow stronger and deeper and that different healings Will take place your emotions your your relationships above all else we know that fear is a liar we're not going to give in to fear but we will give in to God thank you Father in Jesus Christ's name Amen I'll give you another hug if that's okay.